This is Carol McLeod, and it's my delight to teach the Word of God to you twice weekly here on the Charisma Podcast Network. Welcome to Lesson 6 of Meanwhile, a Bible study that focuses on Joseph of the Old Testament. In today's lesson, you're finally going to discover why I named this Bible study Meanwhile. I know that some of you are going through a meanwhile time in your life and that you found it to be a mighty meanwhile. But hold on, because the God of Joseph is your God as well. He is working behind the scenes of your life. Never doubt it. So let's get started. Let's dig into lesson six of Joseph's story, which is called Meanwhile. Don't think that God doesn't love you just because you're being used and abused. Give God time, my friend. He is on your side and he will mock a Shabbat, even this, for good and for glory. Well, the rest of Genesis chapter 37, verse 25 tells us that a caravan of Ishmaelites was coming from Gilead. Let's pause right there. You know, that's one phrase that that it would be easy to read quickly over just as a, a technical part of the story, just as a piece of trivia. But no, let's linger there for a minute. A caravan of Ishmaelites was coming from Gilead. I wonder... When did that caravan leave from its starting point? God knew that Joseph was going to need intervention, so God planned ahead for Joseph's deliverance. At just the right moment, this caravan left a certain point, made just enough stops, encountered just enough bumps in the road to pass through Dothan at just the right moment to deliver Joseph into his destiny. You serve the God of Joseph. If God did that for Joseph, he will do it for you as well. Make no mistake about it. God has seen ahead exactly what you need, and he will indeed provide it. This is a theological principle known as pervenient grace, or pervenient grace. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Now, pervenient is an archaic word. We don't hear that word spoken much, do we? But after today's lesson, you will never again wonder what pervenient grace is. Pervenient grace is grace that has gone before. It's grace that sees ahead and provides before you even get there. It, it's from two Latin words that means to come before or to see ahead. And that's what God does with grace. His grace sees what you need before you even need it. I read a story one time of the tragic shooting that happened in the movie theater in Colorado in the summer of 2012. And one of the young women 
who was wounded in this movie theater was a cellist. She was a classical musician who loved the Lord deeply. And her mom was a single mom and she was an only child. And this young woman was shot straight in her forehead, just above her nose. And when she got to the hospital, she was nearly dead. And the surgeon came out to speak with her mother and with her pastor. And he said, I, I, I don't know. We have to operate. That's your only hope. But I am not sure she's going to come out of this alive. And so the whole church gathered in the waiting room and began to pray for this young woman. And hours and hours later, when the surgeon came off, he, he took off his mask, took off his surgical hat, and began to weep in front of the mother and the pastor. And he said, I don't understand this, but your daughter was born with a birth defect. She was born with a canal that went through the middle of her brain, and it was just wide enough on either side for this bullet to pass through and not touch her brain. And this bullet stopped exactly where this tunnel, this birth defect was in your daughter's brain. He said, your daughter is alive today and she will have no permanent brain damage because of this tunnel that was actually a birth defect. That was prevenient grace. It was God's grace that went ahead and took care of this young woman before the bullet ever entered her skull. Isn't that an incredible story? Prevenient grace. You will never forget that word. And this caravan of traders was God's prevenient grace for this young man by the name of Joseph. Genesis 37, verses 26 through 32. And Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it for us to kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Then some Midianite travelers passed by. So they pulled him up and lifted Joseph out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. Thus they brought Joseph into Egypt. Now Reuben returned to the pit and behold, Joseph was not in the pit. So he tore his garments and he returned to his brothers and said, the boy is not there. As for me, where am I to go? So they took Joseph's tunic and slaughtered a male goat and dipped the tunic in the blood. And they sent the very colored tunic and brought it to their father and said, we found this. Please examine it to see whether it is your son's tunic or not. Now in verse 25, we see the word Ishmaelites. But in this passage, just a few verses down, we see Midianites used. These two tribes were both descended from Abraham. Both lived in the same region and both were associated in many ways. And so in this passage of scripture, we can know that there's the interchangeable use of their names. But the point of this passage of scripture is these brothers were bullies. 
They were delinquents. They were dysfunctional. How mean can a group of boys be to sell their younger brother into slavery, to take his coat, to put animal blood on it, and then lie to their father? These boys are a gang of hoodlums. They are heartless and they are vicious. They sold Joseph for 20 pieces of silver, which was the going rate for a slave at this moment in history. I I can't help but wonder what was going on in Joseph's heart and mind while this tragic part of the story unfolds. I, I can only imagine that maybe his emotions were screaming out in pain. God, where are you? Why am I here? Father, have you forsaken me? Won't you please send help? Lord, can't you intervene in my life circumstances? As we try to imagine what Joseph was saying on the inside of his youthful body, this is what I can tell you. No matter what you're going through, no matter how you've been mistreated, even for righteousness sake, there is something happening beyond what you see in your natural circumstances. I am sure that at the time, Joseph didn't think that the caravan was his answer. He thought matters were just becoming worse, but the caravan was his answer. And so my friend, what you see with your natural eye may not seem to be your answer either, but you don't see what God sees. You don't know the potential for promise in your circumstances today. You don't realize that you may have been divinely set up through your circumstances for greatness and for destiny and for dreams to come true. Genesis 37 verses 33 through 35. Then Joseph's father examined it and said, it is my son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. So Jacob tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son for many days. Then all his sons and all his daughters rose to comfort him But he refused to be comforted. And he said, Surely I will go down to Shoal in mourning for my son. So Joseph's father wept for him. Joseph's father, Jacob, grieved for many, many days. This was not just a knee jerk reaction that quickly passed, but Jacob was beside himself with grief. His grief was so extreme that he thought he would die. He thought he would go to Shoal. Have you ever thought that you would die because of some great disappointment in life? Can I confess to you today? I have. I have discovered that it is possible to even die of a broken heart. Any of you who have lived over probably 20 or 30 years know what I'm talking about. You know a pain so raw and so real that you wonder if you might die. What has your pain been? Has it been infertility or the other woman? Has it been the death of a child? Has it been the tearing up of dreams? Has it been losing your job? Has it been miscarriages? My friend, if we're going to live, if we're going to remove ourselves from Dothan, the old place, and walk into a place of life 
and destiny, then we must learn to look past what we see in the natural. We must not base all of our responses to life only on what we see. We must determine that we do not just live by facts, but that we are a people that lives by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. You know, the doctor's report is facts, but our faith tells us that Jesus came to heal our diseases. Our faith tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Your checkbook might tell you the facts, but when you're a giver and a tither, faith tells you that God will provide for you. Your your child might be in rebellion. That's a fact, but The Bible says that it's not God's will that one should perish. So that's faith. My friend today, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's broken your heart today, find a scripture that will dispute your facts and that will cause you to live by faith. Finally, we get to verse 36 in Genesis chapter 37. This verse, I believe, is one of the most powerful verses in the entire Old Testament. Genesis 37, 36. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, Pharaoh's officer, the captain of the bodyguard. Meanwhile, will you take a pen or a highlighter right now and circle or highlight that word in your Bible? Meanwhile, when your world has fallen apart, when all you see is death, when your life has been covered by blood and the black pit has become your very existence, when life and people have treated you unfairly, there is a meanwhile going on behind the scenes of your life. In your meanwhile, God is setting you up for promotion. It's in your meanwhile that your dreams move into a place of reality. Do you see how God can take a horrible situation and use it for something incredible? As I said at the beginning of our lesson today, Joseph could have stayed a little shepherd boy taking care of daddy and his brothers. He could have remained as a person of no significance with an abundance of creature comforts, and we would never know his name today. But we serve a God who can take injustice, cruelty, and hard-hearted family members and turn it into history-shaping events. Some of you are going through a meanwhile time in your life. And a meanwhile can be just what it says. It can be a mean while. Times of waiting can be vicious and agonizing and cruel. But God hasn't written the end of your story yet. So stay filled with faith. Walk by faith and not by facts. Look at your daily events from a historical perspective. Your meanwhile, just like Joseph's, is about to become a miracle. Now, the theme of suffering is large in the story of Joseph. We can't ignore it. And next week, it gets worse, not better. But in the midst of suffering, Joseph remained righteous because he knew that he was called by God for greatness. Joseph was well-loved, and yet still he suffered. What kept Joseph safe in his suffering? Well, it was his faith in God, and it was his awareness of the presence of God 
And those things will keep you safe as well. Our faithful God is able to bring dominant good out of suffering and evil. Never doubt it. If you're struggling with this question today, if you're in a place of suffering and you're struggling, I want to recommend a life-changing book. I have just read through it no less than three times. The name of the book is Suffering is Never for Nothing, and it was written posthumously by Elizabeth Elliot. And if you need to refine and hone your theology on suffering, let me encourage you to get that book today. Suffering is Never for Nothing by Elizabeth Elliot. I hope you'll join me next week for more of the story of Joseph. If I could encourage you in just one way today, it would be to remind you that God has not written the end of your story yet. He'll keep working with you and in you until all things, all things are worked together for good. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. And today I thank you for the Bible. I thank you for the eternal sacred truth that's found in the word of God. Father, for my friends who are listening today, I pray that they would be encouraged in their faith, that they'd be strengthened as they read the story of Joseph. And Father, for those who are dealing with difficult people and for those who are living in a meanwhile, Lord, would you be with them just like you were with Joseph? Father, we give all of our cares and concerns to you today. In Jesus' name, amen.